Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to David Locke coming up here uh, momentarily. Gordon, we'll ask uh, David's thoughts on how things are going thus far in the bubble and what he's hearing about uh, the Jazz and uh, their practices. They have the day off today, uh, but they've been working really hard, Gordon. Yeah, didn't they have five or six straight days of practices? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I imagine they've, well, Quinn's probably being careful not to overcook it uh, because uh, obviously these players have to get back into it. But uh, I imagine they're they're uh, whipping into shape. Yeah, I this this thing's going to be really interesting to see what kind of product we get at the beginning. Not speaking just of of the Jazz, but of of all these teams and uh, this this preparation period. And and the Jazz have an extra wrinkle. Uh, that complicates matters that they're trying to replace one of their most offensively productive players. I mean, that's going to, the Jazz are going to have to adjust how they play. And that's going to be difficult, I would think, in a handful of practices. Who do you think was most likely to be the least? In, you think Joe Ingles is the one that needed to be uh, uh, coerced a little bit, or do you think he was ready to go right from Joe? Uh, he sounded pretty, I mean, Listening to his show with DJ and PK, I mean, he sounded ready to go from jump. I know he expressed some of his concerns during the whole thing, but he never uh, said that he was hesitant to go. He said quite the opposite. So I don't, I don't know. I, w- I wouldn't want to speculate with that. But Joe has uh, covered that um, at length with David and Pat on Thursday mornings. All right. Uh, it's time to talk to the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. His interview brought to you every week by the Murdoch Auto team. Let's get out to the T-Mobile Special guest line, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hello, David. How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? Uh, we're doing just great. Uh, let's let's talk to you, David, about uh, how things are going thus far in the bubble. And uh, you've been following along, I'm sure, this grand experiment. Do you have any thoughts on what we've seen thus far? Well, I mean, from a data testing point, I think they're doing well. I think the NBA has got to be happy with where things sit right now. Um, from... Uh, a practice standpoint, all news is positive on generally every team, I think. Um, but it's been interesting how teams have taken different approaches to things. Jazz have seemingly played a lot of five-on-five, five, whereas I don't think Milwaukee's played any yet. Um, so it's been interesting to see the different styles the different coaches have taken to this. It's a long way to go still. I mean, they've they got a long way before they play their first scrimmage, and then they got a long way before they... Um, you know, play their first game. So there's still a lot to be done. David, you're probably the best person to ask this question to, even though you might be guessing a bit. But based on your knowledge of the players on the roster and now with the absence of Bogdanovich, uh, what are you expecting to see on the court from a strategy standpoint? Who will be highlighted? Who won't? Uh, And will it be any different than it was before? I think it will be a little different. Um, I think it'll be a little, maybe a little quicker. Um, I think there's a belief that shooting is going to be more important than ever. So if you can get earlier shots in the shot clock that are good shots, you probably should take them. Uh, I think you'll see multiple people bring the ball up. I think Mike will will be vital, but I, I don't think we'll be dependent on Mike bringing it up because I think that'll slow us down a little bit too much. I, I don't 
I think we're going to try to maybe push the tempo a little bit to try to um, get some different opportunities. Um, you know, I think uh, we we think of Rudy as a you know as a rebounder, trail pick and roll guy. I think there might be some emphasis on trying to get him flattening the floor more quickly by running the floor and then opening up some three point shots and in, in, uh, earlier in the offense. Uh, we're gonna be small, so we probably need to to get moving and 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 in the half court set. Eight teams are pretty comfortably gonna switch us one through four without a lot of worry. Boyan could at least bully someone down at the post a little bit. We don't really have anybody who can do that anymore, so I think defenses are gonna be pretty willing to switch one through four. And so you'd like to stay out of that situation. Um, and some of our better pick and roll stuff were. With those kind of setups, so I think I think we'll see that. Um, and the other one I think will be interesting is Joe. Um, I think on one level, Joe will probably play some you know backup point guard to Mike and and do what we've seen him do so much. But I think on the other level, you know, one area where Joe's really changed is he's now equally distributed three point shots between taking threes catch and shoot and taking threes off the bounce, and that's not how he used to be. He used to be about four to one. Uh, catch the shoot off the bounce. And while that's a great time of his evolution, with Boyan out, I think you can put Joe in the corner and get him some of those corner threes that he has not gotten this year, and that will be helpful to Joe's percentages and, and take the gap away from losing Boyan. How's Mike Conley's role going to be different, David? Well, if at I all. Think be a, oh, I think it'll be different. There'll be a larger offensive burden on him. Um, I think we saw him playing very well with that second unit. I mean, you have three scorers now are Donovan, Mike, and Jordan. So we're a very guard-laden, drive-penetrating team. Um, and so that, I think, changes how we play a little bit. That's the premise of kind of where I started the first comment. Is if, if, your play, if your primary guys are shooting a 6-1, you, know, you probably want them to get out earlier than, than you would early, otherwise and try to get them some early looks if possible. Um, and it gets hard on Mike and Donovan if everyone's switching everything. Um, in the half court, so that that's the thought process is that, that those are the guys that are going to be driving, you know, most of most of things these days. When you think about a player like O'Neal, uh, David, people sometimes look at his shooting percentage and think it's pretty good. But when guys shoot, especially from three, but when guys shoot more. That do their percentages tend to drop, and would it be possible for him to uh, sort of put, conjure and stir his will and put his will upon a, an opposing team from that standpoint, or is that just folly? I think that might be asking. You know, I guess I'd say this about Royce. Well, you know, he's wonderful in the sense that he had, I think, the lowest usage rate of any player in the league who played his amount of minutes, and the fact that he's willing to do that is pretty incredible. Um, and that just shows what a great team player he is. Um, you know, I do think that his he he works well off advantage basketball. In other words, when everybody else has created the advantage and then he can take advantage of it with a straight-line drive, that's his strength. Um, or he gets that open three because they sag off of him and he hits it and they're not fearful of him. Um with that said, you know, everything has ever been asked out of Royce, he's, he's generally been able to answer the bell, and he's gotten better each each year. So to 
you know, I think I would say I haven't seen anything from Royce's game at this point that would lead me to believe that he's ready to do what you just said. But at the same time, he continues to evolve as a player. And so to limit him would probably be unfair to him. But he hasn't. It, it is not as though at this moment in time he has been limited by the Jazz um, and that they haven't given him the opportunity to, to do those things. I think he just had, that hasn't been a part of his game yet. We do draw the parallel between him and, say, Brian Russell from back in the day. Probably a good comparison, and maybe even Shandon Anderson. That then when Shandon Anderson, if we're going back to that era, and then when you suddenly expanded Shandon Anderson's role with other teams, it didn't go as well. Um, so I think you know, I think that's um, you know, but but you know, let's not count Royce out. But I, I he's never been a high volume scorer. I think the uh, and, and sometimes I think it's um you know let, let's maybe let's enjoy the the fabulous things that he does, which is the willingness to be a low-usage player and to be, you know, it's hard to only shoot two or three times a game and still have a good percentage. Like, that's actually easier to get a bunch of shots up and and then have. But, you know, he's able to do that. Um, You know, last year he had a great first half and not a great second half. And my memory is this year that he was kind of holding pretty consistently throughout the season to his credit. So um, I, I think he's one I would cherish the what he does first now instead of always asking for more. David Locke with us. And, uh, David, you've been uh, very thoughtful about the societal uh, aspect of this uh, experiment going on down there in Orlando. So with that in mind, let me ask you this. How much uh, damage to team chemistry could that snitch line possibly leave in its wake? (laughs) Here we go. Wait, I'm missing this. What? How much damage to team chemistry, whatever team, does the snitch line have uh, potential to do? Oh, I don't think anyone's going to snitch on their own teammates. You think it's going to be used uh, aggressively against other teams? Yeah, that would be my thought. I know. I've um, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't think... Yeah, I don't know who's... Re- I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, if you're... I mean, the problem with it is if you're really concerned for your own safety and someone's breaking the rules, then it's a problem, right? Like, and frankly, if you need the money and someone's breaking the rules, it's a problem. Like, that's the issue with breaking the rules is that you either could burst a bubble and then nobody ends up getting paid. You, you suddenly cost, you know, 400 guys their livelihood next year when there's no, when the season doesn't get started and there's a new collective bargaining agreement. It's all because some jerk decided that you need Postmates, right? Like, that's, that's not great. Um, so, or if you're worried about your safety, I, I don't think anyone's going to be snitching for a competitive advantage. But I mean, unless so, never mind, I'm get in trouble. Never mind, that was going to be a mistake comment. <laughs> mistake comment. Yeah. Made a few of those in the years. David, yeah, uh, sign of maturity when you stop before you make them. <laughs> could you? I'll, uh, could I'll you? Text you and give, I'll text you and give you the chuckle. Okay. Could you uh, could you get into a little more how the Jazz defense will be different without Bogdanovich on the court? Uh, will there be strategic differences? Will he actually be better defensively? Well, the Jazz did something really interesting during the year. They had Bogdanovich on the season almost the entire time with Rudy. Um, I think you're going to see just a more aggressive. And so they, they protected him. And so that's what, you know, so we may see a better defensive unit now out there uh, with Rudy on the floor. 
Uh, I think you'll see some more aggressive guard defense than what we saw prior because you're trying to play a little quicker. And so a little of of that trying to play quicker is I think that Donovan and Mike need to get into the ball handlers a little bit tighter and tougher than maybe they than they did, um, you know, than they did when when they first started the season. We, we we've always been a team that, and I'm actually a big believer in this, which is that we play in a, almost a shell, funnel people to Rudy, don't foul a lot, deny three point shots, deny shots at the rim, have them take low, uh, you know, low money ball defensive shots, and then you know, it's a great advantage to us. Um, we don't turn, we don't force a great deal of turnovers playing with that style. Um, there might be a larger emphasis on trying to, to get into people and force some turnovers and maybe be willing to foul a little bit more um, for a few reasons. One of the advantages of not fouling is winning road games. That's a, that's a great way to win road games. Is traditionally, teams that foul less win more on the road. Well, we don't really have road and home games anymore, so there may be that advantage may be gone. So it might not actually be advantageous to not foul the way it was. It is kind of mathematically once you're in the bonus, but maybe before that it's not as advantageous. And then secondarily is if you're if you are small and you're trying to play a little quicker, then maybe you know you can force a turnover too. The the amount of turnovers in a game from um, the top if you take out the top two or three percent, the bottom two or three or two or three teams in the top five percent of the bottom five, it, it actually gets pretty minimal. It's pretty even across the board. So it's hard to believe you're going to get a huge advantage out of that. That's why I've generally been a believer in that shell and kind of the way they play. Um, but I can see where you might want Mike and Donovan to be initiating a little bit more and using that speed and quickness defensively. David, uh, we appreciate you jumping on. Oh, oh, David, uh, you need to listen next segment. Uh, we all, you know, you do sports radio long enough. We all have moments that uh, that are embarrassing. And, of course, the, the good friends that we have around the station, we play those over and over and over again and have a good laugh. And and you had a moment with uh, with the fresh, the fresh Prince of Bel-Air on a, on a podcast. Well, somebody joined your ranks with a similar moment this morning. So you're going to want to listen. Oh, no. What happened? <laughs> Let's just say uh, DJ uh, and PK were were talking about uh, or were getting feedback from listeners and uh, they may have been duped by a, uh, a, a pop culture reference. I love DJ and PK. I know. They're the best. And we all have them, right? We all have those moments that we're embarrassed by. They get played over and over again. Well, DJ added one this morning. Um, is it? Better or worse than what's her name? Which which what's her name? What's the woman who called in? Oh oh, oh Debbie. De- no no no. Debbie's a legend. I mean Debbie. No, the one who he basically implied didn't sound like a woman. Yes, that's Debbie. Yeah, the, that's you right. don't sound like a Debbie. That that will never be topped. So I can't right. claim that, that, like, that this is better. But. That's the greatest moment in the history of. We really need to do an oral history of. Sports radio in Salt Lake before all of us get so old we can't remember it. Well, Scotty and you I don't really are... sound like a Debbie. Well, I've been one for a long time. <laughs> all right. <laughs> like, like the greatest answer ever. It, it's funny you say that oral history of sports radio, David. Scotty and I are talking about putting together a putting together a podcast. So stay tuned. We're, we're we might be working on that. Oh, I 
I've talked about this for a long time. I just haven't had the time to do it. Well, let's make and it happen. A few, other, a few other things. So, yeah, there's a there's a value to doing something of that sort. Yeah, buddy. All right. Well, if you're in a place to, tune in next segment, okay? All right. I will be. We're, I'm outside of beautiful. I'm between beautiful Prim, Nevada and Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh. But, you know, you can stream You can stream 1280 The Zone now on an app, you know. That you can. What a time to be alive. Uh, it's an amazing. Amazing world. It is. Uh, thank you, David. You're the best. We appreciate you. Guys. That's our friend David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Uh, his interview brought to you each and every week by our good friends at the Murdoch Auto Group. Uh, I've been one for a long time. I know how that's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, that's one of the greatest <laughs> moments in history. And by the way, I believe DJ has has chatted with Debbie a number of times oh, uh, afterwards. Yeah, and they, they both get a good laugh out of it. Uh, we'll get to that great moment coming up next. You're not going to want to miss it. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go, Turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for, I love this song, Sounds of Various Clips, also known as Drop of the Day. You ready for this, Gordon? Yes, I am. I've been looking forward to it. All right. So so here is the deal. DJ and PK this morning uh, threw out, uh, uh, as they often do, various side topics where they can get uh, interaction with the with the listeners. And I believe this was a Facebook topic that they, they threw out there, Gordon about pranks gone bad. All now right. we're just going to we're just going to play the clip with little setup cuz they'll actually explain it throughout the clip and then we've done a, a little something fun that we'll we'll play for you. But here is one segment of DJ and PK this morning. All right, so we've got uh, we got people throwing up their stories here on the line, and that probably wasn't the best way to phrase it, but I phrased it like that because of the story Justin shared. You ready for this one, PK? Go ahead. Question of the day. In honor of the NBA players who broke the bubble rules and had to quarantine a second time, what's the biggest bonehead thing you've done? Justin says, the worst thing I've ever done, I mixed a pot of fake puke at home. And I went to the movie theater, uh, hid it in my jacket, climbed up to the balcony, and then I made a noise. And then I dumped it over the side all over the people in the audience. And then, and this was horrible, all the people started getting sick and throwing up on each other. I have never felt so bad in my entire life. What? You caused a chain reaction? Apparently, yeah. Yeah, that's a bonehead move. Oh, great practical joke here. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Practical jokes. You gotta be careful. That's disgusting. Honestly. Yes. Yes. We have been had, gentlemen. By the way, Twitter uh, just informed us that the puking incident we talked about a little bit earlier apparently is a scene-by-scene recreation of the great movie The Goonies. So we got had. Oh, that's from The Goonies. We got had. Oh, nice. Okay. So apologies. 
The Goonies. Yeah, I didn't what? believe that. that I, I didn't, I'm glad that didn't I never happen. believed that in the first place. It got 16, I, I that 16 laughs and thumbs up on uh, Facebook. It was no. a great story. So whoever posted the Goonies script, Justin, that, uh, thanks for entertaining That seemed outrageous that I you would make that how up do you and, have go to fake all that, barf? and go to all that work. What is fake bar? I never believed it in the first place. <laughs> Listen to PK Retreat. I know. Listen to him. <laughs> that never happened. I didn't believe it in the first place. Now, how familiar? I never believe that in the first place. <laughs> how how familiar are you with the the movie Goonies, Gordon? You know what scene that's from? Well, I know now. I did not recognize it. I would have been had to see. I I know Goonies. Cause I, I've watched Goonies, but I did not. I'm not the 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 cult classic favorite. You know, the guy who watches Goonies over and over again. I doubt I would have picked that up if I were DJ. Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. Huh? I I don't know. I know the. I know Lloyd plays the drop a lot, but anyway. So Austin and I have uh, have well, I should give Austin most of the credit here, but we've we've come up with a little piece of audio, uh, Gordon comparing our friend DJ to the uh, the movie scene in question. The worst thing I've ever, I ever done. done. I mixed a pot of fake puke at, at home, and I went to the movie theater, hit the puke in my jacket, jacket climbed, climbed up, up the balcony, the balcony, balcony and then I made a noise. And then I dumped it over the side all over the people in the audience. And then, and this was horrible. And this was horrible. All the people started getting sick and throwing up on each other. I have never felt so bad in my entire life. Oh man, DJ making the throw up sound might be might be my favorite. <laughs> he was writing concert. It's magical. And the post was word for word. And then, and this was horrible. And this was horrible. All the people started getting sick and throwing up on each other. I've never felt so bad in my entire life. <laughs> yep, they got him. So they got him. And hey, we we get trolled and we say stupid stuff on the air and we get made fun of it for it. So turnabout is is fair play, of course. Except I'm PK, sure, he never believed it in the first. Place. Oh, of course, PK never <laughs> never bought into it. And I'm sure they'll find a way to to tease us. It's kind of just what we do. But that is really funny. That is really funny. Big ups to that listener because that's that's really cool. <laughs> Yeah, that was. Uh, that was <laughs> I want to know. I should get on their Facebook page and look. I want to know how how the the listener or whatever spelled out the throw up sound. Oh, Scotty read it on air. Did he? It how was H U A dash H U A dash H U A A A A A A A. So funny, man! I tell you, DJ recreated that quite nicely, didn't he? I've never felt so bad in my entire life. Can we play the whole thing one more time? The whole thing? We play the whole thing just one more time. The worst thing I've ever done. I mixed a pot of fake puke at home, and I went to the movie theater, hit it in my jacket. Climbed up, up the balcony, then I made a noise. And then I dumped it over the side all over the people in the audience. 
then, and then, and this was horrible. And this was horrible. All, all the people, people started, getting, started sick getting sick and throwing up, up on each other. other. I've never, never felt, felt so bad, so bad in my entire in life. My entire life. <laughs> so amazing. My, oh my. <laughs> so amazing. If I have to listen to that one more time, I think oh. we're all going to start hurling. <laughs> 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 Funny. All right, now now my question to you is, Gordon, how how much do we want to tease DJ about this? Because Austin and I, uh, with the help of Ben Russell, came up with the idea that we should <laughs> try and that we should try and sneak that into one of their breaks tomorrow morning to blindside DJ with it. <laughs> I think that would actually be funny. I think we should do it too. Yeah, should we yeah, do it do the it. six o'clock hour? Yeah. But see, now you say it on air. Someone's going to call the snitch line and tattle on oh, us. Put your tweeters away for a second and let us have a little fun. <laughs> put your tweeters away. I beg your pardon. It's not the first time I've ever heard that. Stop. Don't <laughs> alert them to our fun. I think we should do that, though. I think that would be funny. Uh, good job on that, Austin, by the way. That is that is really hilarious. And the word-for-word nature of it really makes it cool. <laughs> It was uh, well done. <laughs> DJ. He really gets into that part. (laughs) (laughs) He sells it, baby. That's so amazing. Uh, Like I said, you keep playing it, and everyone's going to be throwing up. uh, (laughs) This is horrible. (laughs) Then everyone's going to feel bad. I've never never felt felt so bad in my entire life. life. (laughs) (laughs) You're really getting a kick out of this, aren't you? That's just so it's word funny. for word. It's just word for like word. Like you, you mentioned the lock thing last yeah. segment uh-huh. with, when William Smith moved from West Philadelphia to Bel Air, Utah, because people were making trouble in the living area. That's yeah. what lock, but that was changed a little. This is word for word, right from the script on IMDb.com, and David and Pat and and Jake, right through it. Didn't even notice it. And and you know what? I wouldn't have picked up on it. I don't think so. Really? I, I might have thought that it was it was fake. This just isn't by, a deep cut. I no. I would I would have maybe suspected. Hans called it one of the most best moments in cinematic history. I know, but Hans is obsessed with Goonies. <laughs> and by the way, Hans is obsessed with the worst movies. That's a good so point. So that's not that's not necessarily a, a but well known. Well known, sure. And I know people are very passionate about Go- uh, Goonies. I think I would have been like PK. is too, right? I think so. I think I would have been like PK. I'd be like, this is fake, even though PK didn't say that. Be like, I don't know if I'm going to read this because this doesn't seem real. That's a good point, yes. But I don't know if I would have looked at it and said, well, that's Goonies. (laughs) Don't you ever listen to something sometimes and you don't say anything, but you, you don't believe that it's real? Oh, all the time. Especially on this show. Yeah. What are you talking I was, about? I, w- I was setting you guys up oh, okay. and you hesitated, man. Well, thank you. Well, I wasn't Austin, sure what Austin you were doing. <laughs> I was I was just salivating to say my response. You know what it you know what that does remind me of though a little bit is the the office where they're the the show The Office where they're describing movies to Michael. I can't remember what the uh, like stuff that happened in their lives and they're describing obvious plots in movies. You remember what I was talking about? <laughs> Yes. Like, doesn't he say he's Forrest Gump or something like that? Uh, no. Well, Ryan says uh, a line in front of He essentially tells him the the story of Lion King or Amber. Oh, or that's right. Yeah. <laughs> 
It was the worst day. Oh, man. All right. I've never felt so bad in my entire life. In my entire life. <laughs> Please don't play it again. Uh, if I hear another Ralphing so- sound, I'm going to. I need to hear I'm the Ralphing sound. It's just incredible. Oh my God. He and David like, together. Uh, it's like a song. All right. <laughs> Nobody wants to be chewing cheese at this point. You know? <laughs> All right. More Big Show coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And 1280 The Zone, Uh, thank you very much for making us uh, a part of your day. Uh, Never fear, everyone. The the blue checkmark hack on Twitter is is over. So everybody can relax. Your your celebrities can go back to tweeting. Have uh, uh, you been following this, Gordon? Apparently there was a hack that anybody on Twitter with the the little checkmark by their name uh, couldn't tweet there for a little while. Okay, explain something to me. Why is that so important for some people to get that check mark? I have no clue. I've I've never investigated how to get one, and because <laughs> it it uh, I don't think it matters. I'm is it supposed to verify who you are? Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be like this is who it actually says it is. But if somebody really is wants to do a a, a parody on Twitter of me, they can knock themselves out. I, I on my description thing, I have Bob Dylan lyrics. Why don't you have a blue check mark? Or do you feel do you feel inferior? Like you're less of a celebrity? I just never felt like I needed to do that. You don't need that validation. Are you thinking you need it now? So along the by the way, Gordon, someone has accused you of not running your own Twitter. Did you know about that? No, I didn't. Yeah, they think someone else is running your Twitter for you. Well, yeah, Joe you don't is. tweet enough. Well, I, that's true. I don't tweet. I just. Uh, tweet out the columns usually. I don't. Uh, but it's Joe tweeting out the columns, right? No, it's not. What? It's not. It's not Joe. It's no. me. It was Michael back in the day. No, it wasn't. It was never. Him. Anastasia totally was because no, he and I he, kind of created your Twitter account together. I know he set it up for me, but you weren't there. We were at a restaurant, and then I put your uh, picture up because I took that picture that your yeah. thing. But anyway, and Michael tweeted out your columns. No, he didn't. He, he he set it up for me, and then uh, he might have done it the first or second time, but from that point on, I did it. Okay. And I, I there I've sent out a couple of tweets uh, away from that, but you think I should? I, I just the dialogue back and forth on Twitter to me, it doesn't seem. You can't really get into things the way uh, it turns into a shouting match. Well, not if you just have fun. Like, I, last hour I tweeted out, tell me your favorite flavor of Doritos and why it's Cool Ranch. And that's yeah. turned into some fun. If yeah, you did okay. stuff like that, I think you'd get that blue check mark by tomorrow. Why would I Why, why would I want a blue check mark? Oh, I thought you were wanting The one. validation no, of your celebrity. I thought you were I wanting one, too. You sound kind of I, disappointed you weren't hacked today. No, I, do, I don't have one on purpose. I just, well, I don't feel like a, why would I need that? Okay. Again, okay. to validate your celebrity. Well, like I said, I don't need that. 
well, I mean, you kind of need that reinforcement when PK is getting the attention instead of you. That's all. Not true. <laughs> oh man, some bits, uh, some bits never get old. Uh, that's for sure. <clears throat> Gordon, uh, we talked to Locke uh, earlier on in the show. What did you think about his thoughts on uh, the Jazz and Mike Conley? How his role is going to change and what they're going to do without Bogdanovich? Yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't know that anybody really knows uh, how it's all going to change. Maybe Quinn doesn't even know at this point. You know, I, he has a good plan in place as far as what what he thinks might work, but uh, they're going to have to make adjustments as they go a little bit. I, I am very curious to see how Mike Conley uh, performs because he himself has talked very confidently and that he is prepared physically and mentally to lead the team, and uh, at least from a standpoint of being a point guard. And so – yeah, that's not what we saw early in the season. We saw little glimpses of it here and there. He did seem to improve after he came back from that second injury, but I don't, I, I, I haven't really seen the Mike Conley that I recognized from before very often. So uh, I think therein lies a little bit of an issue, Gordon, because the Mike Conley that you saw before isn't the Mike Conley that Jazz need. Because in, in the the reason I say that is because you can simplify some of the issues Mike had this year by he had to change his role that he didn't have the ball all the time. Yeah. In Memphis, especially over the last couple of years when he was Memphis's only good player, he had the ball the whole game, right? <clears throat> and with the Jazz, that was not what he was asked to do. He was asked to have the ball less. But now maybe, coming back maybe. in maybe they they need him to do that a little more now. But that's not what the absence of Bogdanovich calls for. Well, I don't know what they. So if we're, if we're, I know, but you you don't need necessarily to replicate exactly what Bogdanovich was doing. You emphasize and underscore the talents that your players that you do have available can do. I guess my point is is that uh, the, when Mike Conley has the ball more, Donovan has it less, and that dynamic does is not changed by the Bogdanovich Bogdanovich injury. Right, but we already know that Donovan Mitchell can't do it himself. We saw, we've seen that the last two years against Houston. He can't do it by himself, and so there needs to be another primary scorer who comes to the floor. I, I know, but I don't I, know if he I, can score in the scenarios that that the Jazz are going to need it, him to. His I, I, his I increase know. in production can't come at a cost to Donovan Mitchell. It needs to come uh, because Bogdanovich isn't there. But there's enough. No, that, I disagree with that. I, I think he can do it his way, and still help the Jazz without just you know detracting from what Donovan does. I don't think he has. Nobody has to be Bogdanovich, but he can be Mike Conley, the best of Mike Conley, and thereby take a load off of what Donovan Mitchell is expected to do. Because you know what good teams are going to do. They're going to build walls around Donovan Mitchell. I got it, but I don't think Donovan. The I don't think the answer is Donovan having the ball less or Donovan shooting less. It's Mike Conley making more shots, and I don't think the Jazz are ever going to just give Mike the ball and tell him to go to work. That's just not that's not how they work, and it's not how they should work. Not with a player like Donovan. Mm, I I disagree because Donovan can't do it all himself. He can't do it. 
That doesn't work. We already found that out last year. Well, he's not doing it all himself right now. He doesn't have the ball 100% of the time. But whatever percent he does have, I don't think it should be less. Well, let's say he has it 35% of the time or 40% of the time. That leaves a whole lot of percentage left for Mike Conley to do some things. Uh, it does leave a percentage left, Yeah, uh, yes, but not any more than he was getting at the beginning part of the year, which is my whole point. Well, I think it does because he might get opportunities that Bogdanovich was taking and not take the same exact shots, but still get those offensive opportunities one way or another. Yeah, Bogdanovich wasn't letting the air out of the ball doing his thing. Bogdanovich was catching, catching and shooting and doing some well, post stuff. Uh, not all the time. I mean, there were times when he tried to create on his own. We'll see. It'll be interesting. It's still the number one question facing the Jazz, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Certainly, we agree on the – I don't know how it's going to be filled in, but they need somebody to fill in those gaps uh, because Bogdanovich, you know, over 20 points a game. All right, it is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We'll have more coming up next. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's been a good show today, Gordo. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Make sure you listen to oh, DJ and PK, by the way, tomorrow, 6 to 10. I'd say listen, especially at like 6.58. Somewhere in there, yeah. you'll, you'll probably... No reason. No reason at all. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but it's been fun. We, we talked to Locke uh, today, Gordon. I uh, thought what Locke was terrific. That's up at 1280thezone.com. Jonathan Reinhardt, our good friend, the president of the Stars, uh, jumped on the show. Anthony Heron from Pac-12 Network was on the show. So we, we talked about a lot today. We did and uh, had a lot of fun along the way. We had a, it was, yeah, another great adventure today. Nice I haven't. Job. I have nice a, work, Jake. Nice work, Austin. Back at you, Gordo. I haven't asked you recently. Has has the Monson family continued their their cinema every night, watching a new movie? Yep. What uh, what's on tap for tonight? I don't know. It's always everyone just sort of gets together at the last second and says somebody lobs out a couple of suggestions. Last night's suggestions were John Q. Public and The Manchurian. Candidate. Oh, that's right. Some, you told us. Yeah, that's yeah. Somebody was in the mood for a little Denzel Washington, and so we watched. And uh, he is one of the preeminent actors of our time, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Denzel's great. What's your favorite uh, Denzel role? Well, beats me. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I liked him the first time I saw him. I remember the the first time I saw Glory. I thought, that guy right there. I didn't even know who he was. I said, that guy's going to be a star. You did, really? Yep, that, did. Is that a true story? Yeah, it is true. You know, I He have reminded a... me in that role a little bit, uh, the way he looked. And they had his, I think, I think he had his head shaved. He looked a little bit like Jordan, a little bit. I thought, he caught my attention. I thought, man, I, that guy, yeah. That's a true story. You know, I had a, I had the same experience with Carl Weathers when I saw Rocky One. <laughs> I thought, you know, this this Carl Weathers is destined for stardom. What movie was it when he had the fake hand? It was Happy, Happy Gilmore. Gilmore. Happy Gilmore, yeah. Chubbs. 
It's pretty sick, Chubbs. All right. Uh, well, you don't know what you're watching. <laughs> right. uh, hopefully it's something good, buddy. Maybe make it Goonies. I don't think so. I I don't know. I, I Again, I've never watched that movie. just seen bits and pieces of it. But uh, I, 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 I love to laugh, and so I love comedies. But not if they're like that dumb one that Austin likes. So you much. really are. You took that. It's not. T- it's not just me. It's everybody but you. You took that suggestion. You've like taken that personally. That Austin suggested no. a movie that you did. Well, I didn't suggest it. No, I didn't suggest my daughter, it. My daughter thought the first time she saw it when she was quite young, she thought it was funny, but she hadn't seen it since it came out. And uh, she was watching it with with us when that we watched that movie, and she looked at me and said, "This is really dumb." I thought it was funny, but it, when I saw it the first time, twelve years ago, whatever it was, uh, she didn't think. Yeah, it was funny. when I watch raunchy movies with my mom and dad, I also pretend I don't like them. Well, all my all my kids are adults. So am I. And when I watch raunchy movies with my mom and dad, I pretend I don't like them, even though I love them. <laughs> good point. <Okay>. Very good. <laughs> All right, you know, on that so note. You walk, you walk out, you know, and just clapping your hands going, this I'm done with that. This is absurd. Who would make this movie? <laughs> Download it. Send it to me later. <laughs> All right, Gordo. I'll talk to you tomorrow, buddy. Enjoy your evening. All right, you guys too. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.